Good day and welcome to the Waystations Ministries podcast. I'm Greg Spencer with a light for your journey and a good word for the road. It's great to be traveling together and I thank you for coming with me. Let's ride together for a while. Hi friends, welcome back. I'm glad to be with you today. It is another lovely day and it's a great day to be alive, wouldn't you say? I certainly hope so. It is good to be alive. It is great to uh, experience all the things we get to experience, all the emotions, all the thoughts, all the learnings that we get to experience. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. Unfortunately, some hard things happen along the way. Some difficulty occurs. We get frustrated. We run into conflicts. We get ill. We have injury. We have confusion. We have all kinds of things that distract us. And so life is not smooth or easy, though we might like it to be so. And uh, I want to ask the question for today is how are you doing? How you doing? <laughs> yeah, how many times have we asked that question of persons without really expecting an answer? My name is Greg Spencer, and this is the Waystations Ministries podcast. It's a weekly venture into things spiritual, things practical, and how to live well through, in, with, and sometimes in spite of the stuff that happens in our lives. So anyway, uh, I am a pastor of the United Methodist Church, uh, Wesleyan Tradition, and also of Waystations Ministries, where you can reach me by email at greg at waystationsministries.org. And I hope that you will uh, reach out and that I will be able to uh, connect with you. And certainly we are trying to do so with this podcast. So, <clears throat> how you doing? I do mean it. Now, you don't have to answer, of course. You don't have to speak it out. You don't have to email it back. But I would like you to take a moment to just consider, how are you doing? How are you feeling? How are you thinking? I would suggest, I would posit this premise. How <laughs> do you like those big fancy words? I would like to uh, give the idea and ask for your consideration to the fact that all of us are ill. Every single one of us is sick. We're sick due to the coronavirus. Now, we may be vaccinated. We may not be vaccinated. We may wear masks. We may not. But that's not the issue that I'm trying to bring out here. I'm saying that every single life everywhere has been affected by the coronavirus, COVID-19. And it continues to be so. I think we are radically impacted by what's happened. Now, of course, it happens by the physical illness that takes away your breath, takes away your sense of smell, your sense of taste. Sometimes it hurts your legs. It affects many different parts of the body, and it can be very intense. Of course, it can lead to hospitalization. It can even lead to death. There is a time to grieve right now because this country, the United States, has reached a a rather significant number of over 700,000 who have died from this disease. We wonder sometimes how many had to. Is it possible that we could have defeated this virus if we could have avoided it or if we could counter it in some way? But here we are. Now, when I say that all of us have been afflicted by this disease, not all of us have caught the illness itself directly, but the impact of that virus has affected all of us. It has caused anxiety and fear. 
and I can t attest to that personally, I had some kind of a virus attack me suddenly last week, and uh, it was a violent uh, reaction to something, and I don't know what it was. It might have been food poisoning. It, I really don't know. It could have been a stomach virus. But the doctor immediately put me in quarantine, and that meant my family too, so I was locked in the house for a couple of days while we hope for this thing to recover. I had to fast um, and have no contact with anybody. And it was during that that my wife was a little concerned about the fact that I might have the coronavirus. And since she works in a public sector as well, she had to be very concerned about whether she was going to be uh, testing positive, and she wanted to know if I was positive. So we called the doctor, and uh, he said, I want you to get tested right away. Sent the orders. We went to the uh, Oh, the emergency center that was close by. And we took the test, and they told us it would be two to five days before we had the result. Now, it's one thing to take a test when you're feeling fine and there's nothing going wrong and you're just getting a test. And so you just wait, but you continue your life somewhat normally. When you are violently ill and totally exhausted and you get the order to take the test, well, that becomes a scary thing. And every hour, every day becomes a very intense time of waiting, and your your mind changes. You're no longer thinking about the trivial little things about getting by day to day. You're starting to wonder about life and death things. You start to wonder about how are we going to take care of the family, how are we going to meet ends meet, how are things going to go, what's this going to mean if I happen to be sick. Now, fortunately for me, it didn't take all five days. We did get a notice very quickly that I did not test positive, that I was negative and therefore okay, and the uh, quarantine ceased, and I did recover from the virus or whatever it was that afflicted me, and I was grateful for it. But it was interesting to experience the intensity of the anxiety and the fear and the concern that crowds your mind when you've been tested and you have a very real possibility of being sick. Now, again, that doesn't happen to everybody, and that's not our universal circumstance. But what is our universal circumstance is for the last year and a half, we are behaving differently. For one thing, we are very, very emotional now. Our triggers are very, very short and very easy to pull. Our uh, emotional launches into a passionate debate, anger, upset, or withdrawal. These things happen very quickly and very easily, and I don't think it used to do that, at least not for everybody. There is this level of anxiety that is across everybody's mind. And here's the thing. About a year ago, when we had to lock down, I think a few of us, if not most of us, thought, wow, okay, if I have to be home, I'm not feeling sick, so I might as well get something done. The question I would ask is, did you get anything done? <laughs> I don't think a lot of us did. Uh, though we may have had the time, we didn't have the interest, we didn't have the motivation, we didn't have the desire or the drive that we would normally have, whether it was to clean the house, clean out the garage, get a painting project done, do some repair work, get the lawn mowed, who knows what it might have been. But during the course of the uh, coronavirus, even if we felt okay, we just didn't feel like doing much. We would watch TV maybe or listen to music, but we didn't have the zest for living. We didn't have the passion for it, and we still don't. And this is what I notice across the board. There's an apathy, there's a depression, if you will, that's affl afflicting all of us. Now, 
if it is a physical illness that we have, we put all our effort together to try to combat it. We try to find out what medicines we can use. We try to talk to whatever experts we know. We will put everything we can into defeating whatever it is that's afflicting us. When it's a mental problem, when, it, when the illness has extended into our emotions or to, into our minds, we don't question our thoughts. We don't question the way we feel. So it just continues to linger on in our hearts and in our spirits. And I don't think that's very good. I don't think that's a good way to overcome the coronavirus, even if we don't get sick. And I really believe that we should be able to live well through or in spite of everything that happens. I think the idea of faith is it empowers us to live and to live well, to have peace in our minds, to have joy in our spirits, to have fellowship with those that we love, to not be afraid of things, to uh, become confident about ourselves and what's going on and our ability to compensate or to uh, respond effectively to whatever happens along the way. We're able to make plans and have dreams and we like to realize those. We enjoy the company of the people that we love. These are all wonderful things, and it doesn't matter what's happening around us for us to be able to enjoy those, except when we allow the disease, the coronavirus, to afflict our minds and our hearts. So I refer you to the book of Romans. This is by some considered to be the epitome of the Apostle Paul's writings. It is the final of, of his writings. It is the peak of his theology. And it was shortly after this that uh, we believe he lost his life. But in this letter to the Romans, in chapter 12, he talks about what the new life in Christ can be. He talks about the kind of life a faithful person should be able to have. And uh, the key phrase that jumped out at me was verse 2 in chapter 12. And it says this, Do not be conformed to this world but be transformed transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Now, I know we have a tendency to think that the Bible is talking about religious matters, and it does a lot of the time, but I think God's agenda is much higher than that. He says, don't be conformed to this world. How many times have we succumbed to peer pressure? How many times have we followed fads or listened to uh, what everybody else is listening to, enjoying what everybody else enjoys? Sometimes we have allowed ourselves to become conformed to the world in more ways than we know. And in this coronavirus, it could be that we have allowed ourselves to become saddened, depressed, apathetic, indifferent because of the disease. But what Paul writes is be transformed by the renewing of your mind. In other words, the healing for many of us will be from the inside out. It won't be a physical healing as much as a spiritual, mental, and motivational one. So we need to renew our minds to see things differently. And maybe it will enable us to see life and the world differently. Maybe we will be able to live more effectively because we've allowed our minds and our spirits and our orientation, our perspective, our beliefs to be renewed, to be made new. It says that you may discern what is the will of God. Well, what is the will of God? I think we can know that. I don't think it's any mystery. I don't think there's any surprise in it. I think it is for good. The will of God is for us to all get together, uh, to get along together in harmony, to be in peace and to be happy. This is what we see in the earthly world. We, this is what we see in trees and grass and flowers and plants and animals. 
oh, there are rough things that happen along the way and there are storms that they have to endure just like we do. But there's a contentedness to the beauty of nature. There is a steadiness to that beauty that transforms itself with every season and uh, enables it to face through every circumstance. It doesn't seem to mind or to resist that much when the world changes or when we have to face those changes. So maybe we could learn something from that. If the will of God is something that is good, something that is righteous, something that is perfect, something that is wonderful, something that is positive, well, isn't that where we want to be? Everyone who is sick wants to get well. Everyone who is hurting wants to be healed. Everyone who is lost wants to be found, wants to restore confidence. People who feel like they've been victimized or feel like they're surrounded by futility, those who have been caught in grief, all of them want to feel better. We all want to think better. We want to live better. That's a good news thing that God wants that to be true too. Oh, am I glad God's on our side. So if we could understand that and focus on that, maybe we can break free of the tyranny of apathy. Maybe we can break free of the illness of the coronavirus that has caused us to not care quite so much, not to get active or involved as much. Now, that doesn't mean that we can't be wise in our living. It doesn't mean to throw caution to the wind or to live dangerously or to take foolish chances. But it does say that we can live well in spite of. And I think that's important because if we're going to live in a coronavirus for another year, I don't want it to be like last year. And I don't think others do either. We can be angry if we want to. That's not going to get us very far. We can argue if we want to. That's not going to accomplish much. In fact, it's going to make things worse. We can live depressed and apathetic and, and live trapped in our homes, but I don't think that's going to make any progress for us mentally, emotionally, spiritually, or physically. So I think the best thing we can do is to start living better. And it starts by renewing our minds. What is it that we really, really enjoy? Rather than just sitting down and watching whatever happens to be on whatever channel, maybe you say, okay, let's not watch TV today. And then today, tomorrow, next week, let's pick a movie that we want to see. Maybe we've bought it. Maybe we have it on CD or, <coughs> excuse me, maybe we have it on DVD. Maybe we have it on VHS and we still have the, one of those old VHS players. Or maybe we have one of the countless uh, subscription services where we can download it. In any case, what we're talking about is finding something that makes us feel good and looking forward to it and planning that time. We're going to have popcorn. We're going to have some kind of ice cream. We're going to have some refreshments. We're going to make it a family night that we can enjoy. I don't know if you grew up that way. I know in our household, it was very difficult for us to have family time. So Friday nights for a long time was family time. That's when we got together. That's when we had pizza. That's when we would have game night together. We'd have all kinds of fun. And Friday night was the time we look forward to every week because it was the one time that we could laugh and enjoy each other's company and, and be the family we want to be when our activities took us away from each other most of the rest of the week. So I use that as an example because I don't think we're the only ones that did that. But if you create a positive view of something that's future, a couple days a week, and you say, we're going to look forward to that, and we're going to put everything in place for that. Now, we do that all the time for holidays, regardless of the circumstances. We know that when Christmas comes, we want to buy presents for the family. We want to do that in advance. We want to get the wrapping paper. We don't want to be caught in the big lines. 
In fact, that's a warning that we've received from the uh, shipping companies lately, that if you want to get, uh, without having to pay a high price, but you want to get presents or you want to buy things for Christmas, then you need to do it early. Don't wait until December. You may not be able to get it. So there's a little practical advice for you, but you understand the point, right? It is that we want to look ahead, plan ahead, and get ourselves ready for something good and to make it happen. And that preparation helps to free our minds from doing nothing or just sitting around and waiting and watching and hoping that something gets better. Because, you know, the physical healing of the disease may come and we might not even notice. The passing of the disease might happen around for others and not happen to us and we could live in that uh, doldrum for quite a while before we suddenly realize that life has gone on and things are okay. So we don't have to be like that. We can be the ones that start to make it happen. We can show ourselves and others how to be happy, how to be cheerful, how to restore our souls, how to lift our spirits. And I know that that happens with music. I know that happens with entertainment. I know it happens with fellowship with people that we care about. I know it happens with good food. I know it happens with the occasional meal that you don't make very often. I know it happens with going out for a walk. It can be so very simple and so very powerful in renewing our hearts, renewing our minds, helping us to think and to look positively and to enjoy our life. After all, we're only on this planet a little while. So while we're here, why don't we make the most of it? Why don't we make the best of it? And why don't we enjoy it as much as we can? I think we're capable of doing so. I think it takes a little work. <laughs> it's like learning how to be a musician, learning how to play an instrument. You have the idea of what it'd be like to make the notes happen. You've heard it lots of times. When you want to pick up the instrument, well, you're going to have to take some lessons. You're going to have to apply yourself. You're going to have to practice. It's going to have to sound bad for a while. But if you stay with it, and if you keep practicing and keep working on it, one day you're making the music too. This is true for athletes in sports. It's true for ballet dancers. It's true for people who sing. It's for people who play. It's for all kinds of aspects in our lives. It's true in our professions as well. The more we work at it, the better we get. The better we get, the happier we are. The happier we are, the more successful we feel, and the better it is for everyone around us. So that's our thought for this week. I hope it's a help to you. How you doing? Think about how you're doing. Say, if I'm not happy with how I'm doing, I'm going to make some changes. And I'm not going to wait till tomorrow. I'm not going to wait till next week. I want to start today. I want this new life. So I'm going to stop being conformed to this world and everybody being trapped and sick in the coronavirus. Instead, I'm going to free myself and live well, live happy, and live free. <laughs> Maybe we aren't as free as we think we are, but we can be. And we're going to start on that right away. Well, thanks for tuning in this week. I hope it's a blessing to you. And uh, as always, I hope the best for you. And I hope you have a wonderful week, a happy week, an enlightened week, because I know that God is with you and working in the same direction for your happiness and for your good. So I'd love to hear the stories of good news, of how it's worked, how it's helping, and how we're all getting better. I'm guessing that's the prayer that we all have for our country and for our world. So God bless you, have a great week, and take care, and hopefully you'll tune in next time for another great session of the Waystations Ministries podcast. God be with you. 
Well, I'd like to thank you for being with us this time and hope that you'll join us again next time, next week, when we get together for a little more time on the road together. May it be good for you all the way through.